Coming up on Garden Talk. 25 episodes deep. I want to talk about how the podcast is doing and what's upcoming in the future. Bricks, in a nutshell, it's going to improve your flavor, it's going to improve your nutrition, it's going to improve your shelf life, and even have some IPM benefits to it. It's going to be lower at night because, again, it's sending some of those sugars down to the roots for the microbes, for exudates, so you'll see that your bricks levels will drop at night. Growing methods do play a role in this. It's found that Organic growing tends to be a little bit more conducive to higher bricks levels. It's a good assistant to looking at the health of your plant. It's not necessarily, you know, the doctor. What's up, everybody? If you that don't know me, my name is Chris, a.k.a. Mr. Grow It, and you're tuned into the Garden Talk podcast. This is episode number 25. 25 episodes deep. I read a stat recently that said... 90% of podcasts don't make it past episode 3, and of that remaining 10% of podcasts, 90% of those don't make it past episode 20. We're at episode 25. We made it. Before we get into talking about bricks with our guest today, I want to talk about how the podcast is doing and what's upcoming in the future. But first, I want to thank the sponsors who helped make this podcast possible. Thanks to Dutch Pro for sponsoring this podcast. Dutch Pro products are now available in several countries across the world. For those of you that don't know, Dutch Pro is a plant fertilizer company that has base nutrients, additives, and pH regulators. They have different formulas of base nutrients for if you're in soil or if you're in hydro or cocoa. They also formulate their base nutrients for if you're using hard water or if you're using RO or soft water. I will leave a link to Dutch Pro's Amazon store down in the description section below. And you can use coupon code MrGrow10DP for a discount on their products. Spider Farmer is a sponsor of the podcast. Coupon code MrGrowIt5 will get you a discount on their products. They're most known for their LED grow lights, but they also have other products such as grow tents, inline fans, and carbon filters. I've used their SF1000, SF2000, and SF4000 LED grow lights in the past, and I got some great results with them. I will leave a link to Spider Farmer's Amazon store down in the description section below. And don't forget to use coupon code MrGrowIt5 for a discount on their products. All right, so the very first episode of this podcast, if you listen to it on one of the podcast platforms, then you heard my vision for the podcast. I did not say what the vision was for the podcast in the first episode on YouTube. So I want to reiterate my vision for this podcast right now, and I'm going to read it. My vision for this podcast is to talk with growers from all over the world, both beginners and experts, and seek to learn more about what they know about gardening. I'm not going to judge people for the way that they grow, and this isn't a debate. I'm simply seeking to learn more about the guest and what they know about gardening and how they do things in their garden. My vision is for these conversations to not only help expand my knowledge, but you, the listener's knowledge too. I feel like that vision, we've done it so far here up to episode 25. But there's one thing I'd like to add is that this podcast is for all plants. I don't want to narrow down the scope to just that plant that we all know and love. Many grow techniques are the same or very similar from plant to plant. And I hope that incorporating all plants into this podcast will help inspire you to grow other plants, such as vegetables, fruits, or even houseplants. I feel that all plants should be treated the same. Now, YouTube doesn't agree with me on that one. I'm sure there's some people that are listening that don't agree with me on that one, but I believe all plants should be treated equally. I understand that laws need to be changed in the future in order for that to happen, but I do see that happening sometime in the future. May not be in my lifetime, may not be in your lifetime, but sometime in the future. Since this podcast is for all plants, it's a clean podcast. 
YouTube has rules and guidelines that need to be followed in order for the video to not get suppressed. No excessive swearing, no excessive use of certain words, no smoking, no showing certain plants. If we can follow those rules, then the podcast will stay in good standing and we can reach more people. It's also kind of done as a big F you to YouTube. We'll follow the rules that you put in place, but we're going to keep fighting the fight. Thank you to everyone who is understanding on that avenue. Let's go over some numbers. The 24 episodes released so far have over 1.5 million views combined on YouTube and 30,000 downloads through podcast platforms. That's incredible. You made it clear that you want this podcast to continue, not just by those numbers, but in the comments section as well. So I will continue to do this podcast. Top three episodes, Rob from CLTV, that episode has 235,000 views. The episode with Pigeons420 has 234,000 views. And the episode with Welcome to the Grow Tent has over 164,000 views. That is way beyond my expectations, and I'm super thankful for that. By the way, I'm sure there's some of you that don't know this, but I am part of another podcast with Rob and Pigeons. It's called From the Stash. You can find it here on YouTube. I'll put a link down in the description section below. And it's also on podcast platforms as well. Future guests, let's talk about them. I am so excited to bring you some of these guests. Coming up next week is Brian Mason, the soil doctor. We talk all about soil testing. After that, you'll see Guru from the Dude Grow Show, Dude from the Dude Grow Show. And the last one I'll reveal is Mark Boutwell from Perfect Gardens. Incredible episode. I have the next two months worth of episodes already planned, and some of them already filmed as well. So I'm super excited for what's upcoming in the future. Okay, I have rambled on enough. Let's get into today's episode. In this episode, I talk with Chad Westport. Some of you may know him from his show called The Home Grow Show, which airs twice a month on YouTube. He has been gardening for 12 years, and he grows a variety of plants such as tomatoes, carrots, garlic, onions, microgreens, medicinal plants, Swiss chard, cucumbers, and more. In this episode, he talks about the importance of bricks. He talks about what bricks is, how you measure it, how to increase it, and more. Big thanks to all of you that support this podcast through Patreon. If you'd like to support, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash mrgrowit. All right, now let's get into talking with our guest. And we are back, Garden Talk Podcast. Today I am joined with Chad Westport. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, happy to have you here. Got a good topic today. We're going to be talking about bricks. It's not something that... uh, that's something we really hear much about, at least on the home growing side. You know, my audience I think is kind of just like me, home growers indoors mostly. And bricks isn't a topic that I really hear about often. And I'm glad to have you on here so you can explain all about bricks and the importance of it and and so on and so forth. So thanks for coming on. Usually what I do to start the podcast is an introduction. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you got into gardening? Yeah, my name is uh, Chad Westport, and uh, I've been gardening for quite a few years now. Um, This is something that I've had a passion for um, many, many years. Uh, Kind of my background is a lot of traditional gardening, your vegetables uh, outside. Um, I've taken a lot of this knowledge. I've moved it into kind of medicinal plants. Uh, You can apply that there. And to kind of further that, uh, I jumped out of my previous life uh, in audio engineering. I went back to school. Uh, I did sustainable agriculture and farm systems program. And that really taught me a lot of knowledge that I feel I can use going forward in this new industry. And it's great because a lot of the things, just like bricks, bricks is, you know, 
a couple hundred years old, basically. Um, but there's a lot of things applied in um, traditional agriculture uh, that we can use here. And so that's kind of my background. It's gone for full full circle, sorry, uh, uh, from starting out as just the uh, experimental gardener to uh, having fun and knowing a little bit more with it. Nice, nice. And I know, I think I first heard about you was from your show. So you have a show. I don't know how new it is. I feel like it's somewhat new this year, I believe. But it's a home grow show that you have. Uh, and that's on the weekends. Is that right? Yeah, it's it's on Saturdays. It's every first and third Saturday of the month. And what I really wanted to do there was give everybody exposure to different styles and different methods. Um, I'm not going to be the person to just to, to subscribe to you have to do it this way. Um, I've seen it done many different ways, and that's what I want to get out to people because there are there's people in different climates, uh, you know, different soil conditions. Some people aren't even using soil, and you might find something that works better for you, or you know, you can see what's smart about the next person and apply it to your own style. So that is my goal with that show. Yes. We have such a similar mindset. I think I say in my videos all the time about there's so many different ways to do it. Uh, it really comes down to personal preference a, a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I mean, oftentimes people say, hey, that's the wrong way to do it. And really, it's just an alternate way to do it. You're right. Yes. So, yeah. um, but I will link Chad's show down in the description section below. So you guys can click on that and tune in on Saturdays. So cool. All right, let's get into the topic today, which is bricks. So tell us, what is bricks and why is it important? Well, bricks in a nutshell, um, it's going to improve your flavor. It's going to improve your nutrition. It's going to improve your shelf life and even have some IPM benefits to it. So bricks is commonly associated with sugar levels uh, in a plant. And you hear a lot of it from the wine industry. You know, you got to check the grapes, the nice grapes, make the nice sweet wines. Um, but it's more than just sugars. Um, bricks is really a measure of sugars, of course, uh, but also vitamins, minerals, proteins, and other solids inside of the plant. Uh, sugar being the most abundant, obviously. Um, but having good bricks levels, again, uh, it's going to lead to healthier crops, better crops harvested at the right time. And kind of for what we're talking about, uh, IPM, a good or a plant with good bricks levels is going to stand a better chance against pests. And so that's why it's pretty important for what we're doing. Gotcha. Now, how do you, how do you measure bricks? Okay. So bricks is something where you're going to take like the sap or the liquid from, um, sometimes you can take it from the fruit, uh, directly from like a grape say, or, uh, if there is no fruit, you can use leaf samples. So you kind of crush up your leaves and you get a little bit of the sample and you get that liquid and you put it in what is called a refractometer. Um, the refractometers are what you use to measure the bricks levels. Uh, they come in all shapes and sizes and price ranges. You can go uh, anywhere from like $20 to $200 buying a meter. Uh, a lot of them uh, you can get are handheld, which is nice because again, if you're going out into the field and you're measuring bricks levels on crops, 
you have something that you can bring with you, you can do it right there on the spot in the field. Um, so if I almost say it's almost kind of like a, a little telescope with the uh, recorder mouthpiece on one side, how it's kind of like hollowed out. And that's where you put your liquid in. So you get your liquid, you put it in the refractometer and it shines a light up through the liquid. And based on you know, doing this a number of times, the way that the light refracts or bends through the liquid is how they're able to tell what your bricks levels are. Gotcha. I'm looking at a couple on Amazon right now. I actually had a few on my wish list. Um, been meaning to buy one of these actually, just haven't pulled the trigger yet. One of them here is $17.99. It looks just exactly like you had explained it. And then there's one another one which is $149 <laughs> and so there's some definitely a big price difference like you had mentioned this $149 one looks like it has like a digital readout on it so do you know anything about like just the price difference you know digital readout versus just the, the regular yeah. one is it worth it really for a home grower to be spending $150 for a bricks refractometer I don't, I don't really think that you need to go overboard with this. Um, it's a good assistant to looking at the health of your plant. It's not necessarily, you know, the doctor uh, that's looking uh, at everything combined. So I, I do say it's important, but I don't think you need to go overboard either. Kind of like you said, there are the digital displays, which yes, they're going to be more accurate um, than, than a moving dial. And, and really the levels that we're talking about, um, I guess it depends on how much the hands on the dial are spread out, because if it has like a plus or minus of three, uh, for the margin of error, that three can actually make a big difference kind of from the, not from the bottom of the scale, but from the top of the pore section to where the optimal section is, is really about five points. So again, it depends on what the plus or minus is on that readout. So spending a little more is beneficial for that aspect. Um, another thing that you'll find too, probably with the $150 versus the 17 is uh, bricks was measured or calculated to take place at 68 degrees. So and, and just how the, refra the refraction of the light works is meant to be at 68 degrees. And a lot of these will uh, take that into account, do the math and then show you the accurate number. Some of them won't. Um, there's a chart online you can go type in your error temperature and all that and it, you figure out pretty quickly but that also is probably a differentiator of cost okay and so when i'm taking measurements let me just back up i know you you briefly explained it as you're basically going to take off a piece of the leaf now correct me if i'm wrong it should be one of the newer leaves on the plant and then you're basically going to squeeze it what would you use to like squeeze it and get that uh, sap or whatever to, to drip off some, sometimes if you are breaking um, like the petioles, the stems going to the leaf, uh, you can get some sap out of that. Um, also times there's, you know, depending upon the sample size, you need uh, pestle and mortar kind of crush stuff up that way. It takes a lot more. So you're doing a larger sample size in that case. But yeah, usually uh, if, the, if the plant has been hydrated uh, recently, you're able to kind of crack it off there. Uh, on the stem from the leaf and you could get a good sample. Okay. And then um, as far as the ideal bricks level or bricks range that you want to be in, I've heard uh, one of the things I've learned from uh, Harley Smith, 
shout out to him. I took his Master Growers course last year, and he had mentioned nice. that uh, plants with a bricks level over 12, pests won't even recognize it. So what is the ideal bricks level or range? Yeah, you, you've nailed it. 12 is the ideal level. That's kind of the goal. Um, I've heard, you know, medicinal plants ranging up to 15, potentially 18. Um, I haven't verified that myself, but 12 really is the good goal. And like I said earlier, you know, five points distinguishes from ideal to the top of the bad points. So seven, when you're at seven and down, that's when things aren't looking too good. Um, so staying at 12 is ideal. And there was a study that was done um, where one field was treated and had high bricks. Um, it came in at 12, the field next to it didn't, and it had low bricks. And there were insect pressures that came, uh, leaf hoppers, I believe it was, and they totally bypassed the field with the higher bricks, went to the other one. And so a study came out based on that, that if you have 12, you're it basically invisible. Um, that has kind of, that's been not necessarily disputed, but it's been argued that it is, uh, not a magic number, but again, if you, and, and here's the kind of the crux of it, insects and diseases like weaker plants. So if you have a field of healthy plants next to a field of unhealthy plants, insect pressure is going to go to that unhealthy field. And so that's kind of what happened there. It wasn't necessarily the bricks itself that made them leave. It was just like, hey, this is an easier target. Let's go over here. So what can folks do to increase bricks levels? Say they're in that danger zone, right? Mm -hmm. What are some of the things that they can do in order to increase it and get up to that 12% or above four bricks level? Well, uh, it all kind of starts in the beginning with your original plan. Growing methods do, do play a role in this. Uh, it's found that organic growing tends to be a little bit more conducive to higher bricks levels. And one of the key components um, in both cases there is just the microbial activity. And uh, so a lot of times in the synthetic based diets, um, it doesn't give the the you know the ideal or the conducive environment for those microbes to grow and thrive and do what they need to do um, so by growing organically that is going to help you because you know the microbes are there the fungi is there the organic material is there and that's that's gonna kind of help everything really um, in a nutshell there, there's also lighting um, DLI or you know the intensity of the light that's important too because we know that you know proper lighting drives photosynthesis photosynthesis creates sugars in the plants and again sugars relates back to bricks so by having good and proper lighting it's more photosynthesis it's more sh sugar for the plant and that can get distributed uh, to different areas and for different purposes so yeah kind of kind of starts with the the, the soil microbes um, Calcium is another important one, and I'm leaving CalMag off of that. Magnesium does come into the equation here, but I'm just saying calcium at this point, because um, calcium, it helps build stronger cell walls in the plants, and you know that increases the movement in the xylem and phloem, the more things coming up, uh, because sugars and bricks, it, it's, it's a two-way street. Um, you know, the sugars and stuff are coming up, 
through the root zone and from the plants in the photosynthesis, but they're also going back down the plant at night um, to feed the microbes. So kind of a symbiotic relationship there again that's that's you know it's kind of important um getting the right amount of calcium in there uh, is important you don't want to overload it just because hey it's good it builds thick walls uh, i'm going to have amazing stocks on all my plants um there are antagonistic properties to it you know if you have too much calcium in there you're likely to lock out uh, phosphorus or potassium and then that creates a different kind of problem because uh, diagnosing plants for me is, is always one of the trickier things because is it truly a deficiency you're seeing or is it a lockout situation due to um, you know the ions the cations anions from other minerals or just a pH problem so yeah that 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 kind of gets uh, gets tricky when you're trying to diagnose them so don't put on a whole bunch of calcium just because i said it was good uh like everything there is always a balance so you don't want to lock other things out <laughs> and so you separated calcium and magnesium and you know cal mag a lot of people just uh say cal mag and they think mm -hmm. that's a nutrient in itself when really that's yes. just the name of a product right there's calcium in it there's magnesium in it oftentimes there's nitrogen in it as well yeah. So talking about calcium in particular, do you have any recommendations for just straight calcium that they can give to their plants? Um, yeah, I mean, in kind of like an organic type method, there's a lot of different options you could use. Um, gypsum is a good one. Uh, gypsum is something that doesn't really affect the soil pH. So that's always kind of nice. And that is something that you're probably gonna add in um, while you're making your mix. Uh, if I were to you know, spot like a little deficiency or if I wanted to top dress something, um, in an organic method, there is uh, WCA, which is um, something I saw from Chris Trump. Uh, I, I don't know if it's Jadam or, or which farming method it came from, but essentially uh, calcium bicarbonate. Uh, that is shells. So there's, you know, eggshells, oyster shells, crab shells, all those different ones you can use at home. A lot of people have eggs. So you essentially, um, and I believe it's one part of eggshells to 10 parts of white vinegar. You mix the two, and I'm glossing over this, of course, but you mix the two, you let it sit for about 10 days. Uh, it extracts the calcium from the shells, and then you can pour it on, and that's a good uh, organic treatment that you can use at home. Um, there, and, you know, for, for synthetic growers, there's always, uh, there's a lot of bottled calcium out there. And again, even if you are doing synthetic, I wouldn't shy away from, um, you know, calcium bicarbonate methods or uh, gypsum either. So always good. Now, when should uh, measurements be taken, right? So, you know, I'm sure there'll be home growers here that are going to go and buy a BRICS refractometer and they're going to be measuring uh, taking measurements, you know, uh, should they do it every day? Should they do it every week? Should they do it uh, at morning? Should they do it at night? So it's, can you give us a little, little background on when uh, and how often measurements should be taken? Yeah, that's, that's a great question because it does have an impact on the readings you're going to get. Um, you want to, to start out, you want to do it uh, at the same time every time you measure it. 
Um, it's going to be lower at night because again, it's sending some of those sugars down to the roots for the microbes for exudates. So you'll see that your bricks levels will drop at night. Uh, if you're outdoors, you know, again, with like row crops, um, if it's a, uh, cloudy day, you'll have lower bricks levels. Again, light defects can affect bricks. Um, but yeah, uh, you can do it as often as you want to. I don't think you'll glean much if you do it on a month to month basis. Um, not terrible lot changes on a day to day basis, but weekly, I think is a good idea. Um, you could do it, you know, maybe every four days if you're a data freak like me and you like plotting charts and doing all of that stuff. But yeah, basically doing it once a week. Um, I prefer to do it midday. That's the best time to do it. And like you kind of alluded to, yes, make sure you're doing it at the same time every time you do it. Otherwise, it's just going to be inaccurate for your purposes. Good advice. Definitely some good advice there. Now, you wrote a pretty extensive article on Dude Grow Show website. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, for those that are tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can just search Google. Uh, it's called High Science, What the Bricks, an explainer of bricks and soil health. So pretty long here. You get into details. I know we went over quite a bit here in this talk, uh, but there's one more thing in here. Um, you talked about how during photosynthesis, chlorophyll, manufacture sugars. Uh, it also says that humic and fulvic acids are a great way to make iron in the soil more plant available. Can you talk to us about uh, specifically about humic and fulvic acids and kind of how this relates to bricks and how, you know, it can increase uptake and so on and so forth? Yeah. Um, so the humic and the fulvic acids, they act within the soil as kind of like chelators. They help um, basically, as I mentioned earlier, the ions, cations, anions, they, um, from like calcium will have, and pardon me for not being overly scientific here, but you, you know, you can all picture like the oxygen molecule. It has, you know, the bubble with a little stem and another bubble. It's kind of the cations and ions, the positive and negative charges that we're talking about. And, um, Sometimes nutrients will see each other bind and then they'll lock each other out. So the humics, the fulvics, um, they kind of blind everything to that. So that also kind of relates to amino acids. I know you mentioned that in the article here as well. Can you talk to us a little bit about amino acids? Yeah, amino acids are great. Amino acids are essentially the building blocks of kind of all life. Um, and the amino acids uh, create protein and to create that within a plant system or the plant structure that takes sugars so if you're using your sugar energy in the amino acids to build protein then you have less sugar in there for higher bricks and other things that you're going to want it for so by adding these amino acids you're really kind of not cheating the system, but you're, you're taking away that draw of sugars or in the energy form. So by adding those amino acids, you get the protein and similar to the, uh, the humic and fulvic acids, um, it can act as a chelator, um, basically making more of the nutrients available in the soil to the plant and they're able to move around more freely within the plant. So that's, again, another very important aspect. Um, the calcium's kind of building the walls. The phosphorus is the truck driving everything around. And the humic, or humic fulvic acid 
uh, are the things that are helping blind it to freely get to where it needs to go. Gotcha. Okay, so is there anything else in regards to bricks that growers should know? Or maybe do you have any advice for somebody who's kind of new to bricks? They're just starting measurements for the first time. What advice do you have? Yeah, I, I want to say that bricks is a good reinforcement of a lot of times what you can see with your eyes. You know, if your plants are looking healthy and you check your bricks and it comes back around that 12 level, that's great. If you're looking at the plants, they're not looking healthy, you check the bricks, it's at that five or six range, you can almost infer from that that you're having an issue with calcium. So that's an important thing to know and to kind of help you on the road to improving your bricks levels. Um, it's not the, you know, it's not the end all be all of, of what's in your soil. It's not going to isolate specifically what nutrient is in what uh, ratio, something uh, like a sap analysis test uh, can do that for you. But bricks, again, you, you want to know what your bricks levels are because it can indicate the nutritional levels in your plant. Uh, it's also going to indicate, you know, how good your uh, IPM can be or, you know, avoidance of pests. So it, it's important to know. It's, it's another tool in the tool belt good info there for sure well this has been a quick straight to the point episode uh, lots of good information packed into just 25 minutes so i uh, definitely appreciate your time and your knowledge that you dropped here today kind of wrapping things up how can the listeners find you and what do you have upcoming in the future thank you uh, you can find me i am on instagram i am chad.westport and uh i guess you heard it here first breaking um chadwestport.com will be up and uh, it's up with a temporary page right now, but it will be going full bore soon. You can find me chadwestport.com. And I got my shows uh, every first and third Thursday, or wow, first and third Saturdays of each month on the SCPO2 channel. Oh, I'll get that right one of these times. And that comes on uh, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So do please come and check me out. Uh, we, we talk about, you know, doing the grows at home and all the different styles you can you can do it with. So we enjoy ourselves over there. Try not to get too serious, you know, serious business. <laughs> well, I will leave a link to Chad's Instagram down in the description section below. Also will be a link to his show. I'm not sure if there's a playlist for the show or if I should just link to a, a individual episode, but I'll have something down in the description section below for you guys. Uh, if you enjoyed this video, click that thumbs up button. Really, the like button is going to help reach more viewers. It's going to uh, show up in people's recommended feeds is what it'll do. Um, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. We release episodes every single Saturday. Uh, unless Susan needs to manually review it, then it'll be on Sunday, typically. <laughs> YouTube... Uh, Sometimes doesn't like this podcast, so that's why there's a delay in release from time to time. Apple Podcasts, if you're tuning on that, tuning in on there, please leave a rating and review. It's another thing that helps with ranking the podcast ranking and helps reach more listeners. So, and then lastly, uh, sharing. Sharing is caring, right? If you know somebody who would benefit from this information, please share it. Uh, Reddit is a great place to share it. Facebook groups is a great place to share it. Or just share it to your friends individually. So thank you to everyone who shares this podcast. Well, Chad, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. This has been a great episode. I definitely learned a few things. And yeah, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you very much. You have a great one yourself. Thanks.